At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived. So if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Um, I know we have you on mute because it just makes it a little bit easier. Um, and I apologize if you hear any crazy noises behind me. I was explaining I'm on the East Coast in the middle of a pretty big rainstorm. So you can just hear the wind unless the mic is just completely directed. So I apologize for that. Um, I am so excited for tonight. Um, anyone who's been listening to the podcast or has come to any of our lives, you know how much I enjoy speaking with Gall and how much I love having him here and just how incredible he is, insightful and what a beautiful teacher he is. I mean, the way you always weave mysticism, you know, psychology, philosophy, history, religion, and of course, astrology is mind blowing. I feel like anyone who even studies astrology when they listen to you, their mind just explodes in the most amazing way because you always have such incredible insight. And what an incredible time to talk to you. So what we're doing tonight um, is we're definitely kind of wrapping up 2020. We're going to talk about there's so much stuff happening in December. So we're going to let Gall really tell us what's going on. Hello. And of course, just, you know, there is a chat function at the bottom of your screen. And that's how we'll do Q&A at the end, just to keep it a little bit easier. We'll, you know, there's three of us kind of looking. We'll make sure we get most of your questions as whatever we can do with time so you can ask them there. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about 2020, everything that's happening. I mean, we have an eclipse having just come off of an eclipse. We have the winter solstice and a full moon. And of course, it's just been such a crazy year. It feels like a lot is culminating into this month. I would say we would start talking about 2021, but Saturday the 12th, um, we actually have called back again. This is on his own, a workshop where he is going to do the astrology for 2021. So if you haven't signed up for that, go to Den Anywhere and make sure you sign up for that, as well as he's doing an incredible Kabbalah class in um, January. It's 10 classes on Saturdays at 1030 in the morning for an hour and a half each Saturday. And I mean, that is going to be incredible. I can't wait to take that class as well. So, so many things coming up with Gaul, which are incredible, but just so you understand why we're not going so crazy into 2021 is because you get a complete alone time with him actually doing that. So we're going to wrap up 2020 together. And so let's get started. Before we actually get in, well, hello, Gaul. Yeah, I'm sure you want to say hi. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, before we get totally into December, can we kind of like talk a little bit about the end of November? Cause it feels like some stuff between the eclipse and also the election, it just feels like so much stuff that also kind of really coolly paired with like astrology as it always does happen. Um, 
first of all, like in November, was there a way, do you feel like when you were looking at the chart, could you tell what was going to happen with the election through astrology? You know, what astrology showed us is that there was a few things that were happening which were not making this election very auspicious, at least astrologically speaking, because I have talked about it throughout 2020, even in the 2020 book, last year's book, I talk about it, that we had the Brexit done during Mars retrograde in Aquarius. And Mars retrograde is action that I, oh, I retrograde, meaning that I regret or that I um, uh, don't really know what I'm doing, I'm acting without thinking. That's Mars retrograde. And they had it right when they decided on the referendum to leave uh, EU. And you see we're four years later and they still haven't figured it out. Like today I read that they're still negotiating in last minute attempt not to have a completely, um, you know, complete disaster, let's say in Europe. Same thing happened here that our election happened right on the last day of Mars retrograde when Mars was stationary, which is even, sorry, it was in Mars retrograde during Mercury stationary. So not only we had Mars retrograde like the Brexit had it, we also had in addition Mercury, which is the planet of communication, networking, um, thoughts, words, communication, what we're doing now is very much connected to Mercury. When it's stationary, which happens about six days a year, it is the most difficult to connect to that archetype. So that's why I was very, very happy that a lot of people actually voted before. So it was overriding some of the Mercury retrograde effects. So we knew that there's going to be back and forth. Uh, we knew because last time Mercury was retrograde during an election was the Al Gore and Bush. Uh, if you remember that then the Supreme Court had to decide. So it was the same kind of uh, cycle. And that's what we do in astrology. It's not so much about looking at the future and what's going to happen. It's more about looking at what happened before and understanding what cycle we have now and then making our choices because I really feel that we can control or let's say we can navigate um, astrology the same way that when you're on a, on a boat and you're trying to navigate you're not gonna start uh, taking your boat towards the land even though you have you have a map and it shows here there's land you're not gonna go into the land you can go there you can go to the port you can go between the islands it's your choice how you're gonna park your uh, your boat which island you're gonna go around which beach are you gonna stop that's the same thing with astrology astrology gives us a map and we are in this boat steering ourselves, uh, but we have certain leeway, you can say, of how many choices or what we can do with our navigation, but it's based on certain things that are fated. And the fated in the analogy of the map are the mountains, the islands, and the land that we cannot reach because it's there. It's not going to move. Same thing that Mars retrograde ain't going to move. Mars retrograde talks about being a little bit... Um, regretting certain things or making changes again this we can work with knowing that mars is retrograde so mars retrograde was from september 14 until about in november 14 so i knew that until november 14 it's going to be a real problem i knew that um there is going to be a major change because even in the book of 2020 and this is partly of what we're doing this class today is that uh, you can say that 2021 is going to be born premature birth premature baby like jesus was they say so you know premature baby uh, are they need a little bit help breathing they need a little bit help feeding you know they have to stay in the hospital same thing with 2021 2021 is actually born on december 21 
on the winter solstice. We're going to talk about it a little bit because it's the biggest feature of 2020, basically, one of the biggest features of it, and it's right at the end. So 2020 is living with a bang, you know, and we'll talk about it in a second. But I knew even when I wrote the book for 2020 that big shifts are happening towards Aquarius, and Aquarius is freedom, democracy, power to the people, younger people, innovation, technology, apps, social media. So I, when when I remember it, it was... Um, on the same day of the elections, when I saw, you know, Trump winning, I said, oh, my God, what's wrong? Something is off. You know, if you're talking about uh, the election with rigs, I would say, like, oh, my God, somebody's cheating here. Because according to astrology, a person who is more Aquarian in nature uh, talks about unity, power to the people is supposed to win, not only here, but in general in the world. And I knew it because Jupiter and Saturn for the first time in 600 years are coming together in Aquarius um, in this big conjunction and leading us into the edge of Aquarius. So I knew there's going to be resistance. The resistance is still on. I mean, it's kind of a interesting um, a coincidence that the electoral vote is supposed to be submitted on December 14, which happens to be the eclipse, the eclipse you know, and new moon in Sagittarius. So there's going to be still problems now we're seeing that and another thing about the mars retrograde i always warn people in mars retrograde even in the book i write it that whatever if you start a lawsuit during mars retrograde you're going to lose for example if you, we talked about israel just before um, everybody was boarded um, and we talked about um yom kippur war 1973 started when the um and the neighbors of israel egypt syria and so forth attacked Israel during a Mars retrograde. And they always say, whoever shoots the bullet first loses during Mars retrograde. Why? Because Mars is going backward. He's not paying attention. You know, so the same thing with all the, what is it, 38, 50, I think, lawsuits that were um, submitted during Mars retrograde, and they all failed. So people know that war that you're referring to is one that Israel never should have won. Like when you look at it at a mm -hmm. slate, it's it was a miracle. It was insane how it was won. So that's interesting. Yeah. And there is a, if you look at history, there's a lot of accounts of contracts or signatures that were done even between nations during Mars retrograde. For example, even the, the lately the Israeli uh, normalization of uh, relationship with Sudan, for example, was done during Mars retrograde. And immediately now Sudanese are saying, wait, 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 we don't want to do that because you promised to let us uh, off the uh, list of terrorist sponsoring countries, blah, blah. So you're seeing already a pushback for Mars retrograde peace treaties. That's why I tell people, don't start any intimate relationship. I'm talking about sexy time with people for the first time during Mars retrograde because it ain't going to go nowhere. Don't start any lawsuits. Don't shoot anybody. Not that you should shoot anybody in general, but I'm saying specifically, don't shoot anybody during Mars retrograde. So that's how you work with astrology. For example, just a little hint in our little uh, preview in 2021, we'll talk about it uh, next week. Uh, at the end of 2021, the last 10 days and the first month of 2022, we're going to have uh, Venus retrograde in Capricorn. That's not a good time to get married, if anybody was planning. It's not a good time to get engaged. It's not a good time to start relationship, because whatever you start during that time, which relates to Venus, justice, relationship, even art, can go off. Okay, so that's how we usually work with astrology. You still have a free will to do what you want. You want to get married in Venus retrograde? Fine. You know, some people want to get married with somebody because they want to get divorced. So great. But if you don't want to, then... You listen to the main things you can say, 
same way that you're not going to take your boat immediately and crash into uh, land because the boat is not supposed to go on the land. So the same thing with us, relationships are not supposed to start during Venus retrograde. So, And this year we had Venus retrograde. By the way, it was happening around uh, May, June. And that's the time where I warned people not to open the economy too fast because the economy is ruled by Venus. Venus is retrograde. You're going to close it again because that's how it works. And now, at least in California, because the capacity of hospital went below 15%, we are starting to get shutdowns everywhere. But again, it's the same thing with free will and fate. We know that there is a virus that's more fated, you can say. How you deal with that, that's more your free will. Everything in life is a mixture of those two things. It's the yin-yang of astrology. Free will, which definitely exists, and fate, which definitely exists. The same way that I can write whatever I want on this uh, sticky note, right? But it's fated that I can only write in this sticky note because if I'm going to write outside of the sticky note, it's going to destroy my table, okay? So that's how we deal with it. Fate gives me the sticky note. Now I have a choice what to write about it or how to illustrate it. It's the same thing with astrology and the chart. On, on that note, because it's, you know, there's so much out there, especially during this time, what you're referring to with the pandemic and the election. And there's so much about what is truth because there are um, different truths out there. And those who believe in those truths, whatever they are, believe in them staunchly. And, you know, really, and it, it's, you can't say which ones are right or wrong if you're looking at it from this kind of bigger perspective. Is there something in what in the charts is talking about that? I don't know if that's within communication. And is there anything that's kind of shows when truth could, like what truth is and when it can be revealed? Is there anything about truth? It's really interesting because um, we have something in astrology called the North Node and the South Node or the nodals in astrology. Uh, I like to call them in a more mythological way. The North, the North Node is the head of the dragon. I just call him the dragon. The South Node is the tail of the dragon. So imagine the soul is riding the dragon. Uh, th by the way, these points are mathematical. They're not uh, actual uh, planets. They don't have any, you can say, substance to them, except that that's the place where the sun crosses the path of the moon, creates like this conjunction between the sun and the moon, father and mother, masculine and feminine. So that's, again, part of that yin-yang aspect of astrology, that union of uh, the moon and the sun. So... Uh, those two points, everybody has it in their chart. If you're curious, just go on my website. You can get a free chart. Just go to free chart in Cosmic Navigator. And you can see where your North Node and your South Node. The North Node represents what your soul desires to learn because it refrained from learning it lifetime after lifetime. The South Node represents what you've already learned and you should look back at it. You, you, you understand it. That's okay. You can move on. You know, I always give the example of a language. If you go to a Spanish school because you don't speak Spanish, that's your North Node. Your soul desires to learn Spanish. Uh, what you need to let go of is maybe English. So if you go to Spain to practice this uh, Spanish, even if you meet somebody that speaks English, let go of the English because you already know it. Try to practice Spanish, even though it's harder. But that's going to give you much more uh, benefits. So the same thing with what your soul desires. So that's something you have all your life. But these North Nodes are moving around the sky. So every year and a half, it changes the sign. And the same rule goes with this. But instead of your soul, it's the collective unconsciousness, the collective soul of humanity. So now since May, and that's really interesting because around May, the North Node moved from Cancer to Gemini. And I like to look at history to see what's going on. 
people sometimes accuse me of putting uh, politics and current events in astrology. They want to look at astrology as like, what's going to happen to me today? Am I going to meet? The That's not astrology. That's the last hundred years people are trying to make astrology more popular by the columns, you know, but it's not real astrology. Astrology and astrologers usually were historians and scientists because to understand the cycles, you need to know what happened last time. And last time is history. And besides, what's happening today in the news is tomorrow's history anyway. So, of course, we have to pay attention. And what happened in May was the whole situation with Black Lives Matter, which was instigated by George Floyd's death. And what were the two mantras you can say that he was calling out, out in the last uh, nine um, uh, seconds? As a, sorry, the last nine minutes of his life was mommy, which is interesting because the North Node moved from cancer, the sign of the womb, the sign of the mother. And he starts saying, I can't breathe, which means breath is ruled by the lungs and air, it's Gemini. So literally, he became such a powerful symbol. And those words became a symbol. You know, people are saying, well, he was this kind of person. That, that doesn't matter. History channeled itself through a person, you know, and that's the choice of history, the choice of oneness to remind us of something. You know, it's never like it has to choose uh, the perfect person to do that. It's the perfect person in that moment to teach us how the North Node moves from cancer, water, mommy, to Gemini, breath, air, hands, we have to wash our hands and so forth. So that energy of the North Node moved in May for a year and a half to Gemini, meaning that we have to master and learn the ideas of Gemini. Breathing, it's so important, for example, with your yoga work, um, communication, how we communicate. You know, uh, how we communicate, usually we try to convey pictures to people. And if you can have a picture of what I'm trying to say, I communicate it well. If you have the wrong pictures, we have a misunderstanding here. So Gemini is teaching us better how to communicate right now. That means that the North Node, what our collective soul is trying to learn, is communication and words. The South Node, which is what we need to let go of, is in Sagittarius. And interestingly enough, Sagittarius is the sign of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It's the sign of mass media. It's the sign of higher education. It's the sign of traveling abroad. And look at what happened in the last six, seven months, or this whole year, basically from March approximately, that we cannot travel. With the higher education became like online and you can be a student anywhere you want. It's not like you have to go to university. Universities are suffering tremendously right now. Um, even education, if you're talking about teachers, think about how much teachers are suffering and look at what's happening with mass media. We have certain channels, I'm not going to name names, that are bluntly telling lies. And when they're taken to courts, they're saying, well, sorry, you're not supposed to take what I'm saying seriously. This is just entertainment. This is not news. But they still present themselves as news. And you have the rise of QAnon and all of these other uh, nonsense that is happening because Sagittarius is under commission. It's not, it's, not, it's not functioning. Not only that, this year, Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius, which is the sign of truth, the planet of truth, is in Capricorn, which is the place where it's fallen. It's weak. So Jupiter is usually this king of the gods with his lightning bolts, and he makes order, unless he has sex with things he's not supposed to, you know, because that's how he makes more gods. But really, he's like the embodiment of truth and unless cheating is considered to be with your wife, but you know, truth. But now he's under the, under the ground. He can't do much. When can he start working? December 21. That's when he's back into Olympus. Right now he's visiting his brother in Hades and he's locked there and chained there. And he has been since December 26 of last year, which is about the time the virus started spreading from China elsewhere. 
So that is where truth is bound, you can say. And because Sagittarius is not functioning, because it happens to be also, because this Sagittarius not functioning happens every 19 years, but also every 12 years, Jupiter is in Capricorn, but now they converge these two cycles. And that's what made this year such fertile ground to nonsense and lies and deception. And people, I think that's what, 70 or 80% of Republicans really believe in a lot of the QAnon and a lot of the fact that uh, uh, that the election were rigs, you know, rig. Even if you try to explain to them logically that it doesn't make sense, that it will be rig only to the president and not to the senate you know that doesn't matter because you have something called cognitive dissonance which allows your head to carry true two uh, opposing pieces of information into different compartments and they do not relate to each other like two um, offices in the government you know so that's one of the reasons why this is happening. Now, December 14 is interesting because we started talking about it. That's a new moon, a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. We're coming closer to activating Sagittarius. The South Node is going to still be in Sagittarius until the end of 2021. So we still have to guard our words. And what I try to tell people, you cannot fight QAnon. You cannot fight uh, certain news, news outlets that are spreading lies and deception. You cannot do anything about it, right? You can vote. You did that. That's great. Now what you can do is to make sure that you are not lying, that you are trying to be as authentic as you can. Because if you can channel truth and the people around you, then slowly that collective truthness is coming up, you know, and that's. That takes, I think, for people to truly do that, that takes a lot more work than people realize. Because I think you on that first layer thinking, well, I, I speak the truth and they don't go to more of that neutral point of view or that neutrality point of view to actually be able to maybe see what the truth could possibly be. I think it's it's hard. And I think that's where we're at a little bit. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. And again, it's um, it's this, this it's the sign of the time. It's the zeitgeist. You know, you have so many people using lies so much that um, it's no longer a big deal. Oh, of course he lies. No, come on. Everybody's lying. No, okay. That's it. No, everybody's a liar. Uh, so why even talk about it and why even have a word for truth or for lies? But again, it is interesting how everything is mixed now because um, because of these opposition you know for example 2001 2002 was the last time we had the same situation and that was back then the whole lie about iraq being the source of uh, the twin towers and it wasn't maybe even a lie that was bluntly because they thought so it could be that one person lied about another person that slowly it started creeping into the top and i'm sure that if you do if you check some people in the top at that time you'll see that they feel like they were telling the truth you know, then they realize, oops, it's not Iraq, it's actually Afghanistan and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but that's the last time that we had, again, restriction of travel. If you remember, after 9-11, it was not allowed to travel around the world. Airports were closed. Uh, there was a suspicion about people wearing, if you remember, even uh, a lot of Sikhs had it, American Sikhs that were wearing the the uh, turban were uh, beaten up in the streets because they're Muslims. I'm not a Muslim, I'm a Sikh. Okay, never mind. You know what I mean? That's, again, the South Node in Sagittarius because Sagittarius also ruled the, the uh, religion. So, you know, um, what we have in this um, um, end of the year, basically, is a pretty strong period of um, conclusions, but birthing of the next year. So 2021, like I said, is going to be born actually in December um, 21. 
And the reason why is because it's actually a very interesting coincidence. We're going to have Jupiter and Saturn come together, which happens every 20 years. It's called uh, the Grand Conjunction. But every 200 years, it changes from one element to the other. What are elements? Elements are uh, areas in life that um, or areas that are ruled by a certain archetype, but a collective archetype. So, for example, if you guys are Leo or Sagittarius or uh, Aries, you belong to the fire nation, the fire people. That's your element. Your element is action, movement, instigation of things, starting fires, maintaining the fire, passing the fire. Fire, of course, the fire of the gods is creativity. If you're a Pisces or a Cancer, a Scorpio, your job, like in an engine, is to cool things up because the fire people cause a lot of trouble, a lot of wars, a lot of aggression. So we need the water people, first of all, to heal all the injured from the fire and also to provide a home, a safe place for people because nobody likes a war for too long. So the water people are all emotional. Then we have air people, which are supposed to connect and create peace between people. That's the Gemini, um, Libras, and Aquarius. And finally, we have the earth practical people that gives us the space to do all of this work, which is Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. So what we had for the last 200 years, funny enough, from about the time of the Industrial Revolution, is dominance of earth. The grand conjunction, which are powerful stimulator of energy have have always have been for the last 200 years in earth and look at what's happened to us we started abusing the earth to the point that she is basically polluted completely we have started using coal then we used petroleum now we use rare earths you know uranium plutonium all of those elements that are earth but what's happening in this december 21 is that we're moving for the next 200 years until 2019 2,219, uh, towards the air element. So all the grand conjunctions are going to be in Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. And air is alternative um, uh, energies, solar energy that's coming from above, air, turbines and stuff like that, um, innovation, artificial intelligence. So that's what we're moving now, away from the earth to the air. And why I'm saying that this year, 2020, uh, is ending in December 21 is because this whole year was about Earth. The whole thing that happened in uh, January in the grand conjunction of Pluto and Saturn on January uh, 12, that was January 10. That was, uh, sorry, January 12. January 10 was the eclipse that gave it a big push. Um, that energy was similar to what happened in 82, 83. If you remember, that was the AIDS pandemic. That was a big recession that was happening at that time. So we experienced the same energy. That's why it was obvious for a lot of astrologers that we are going to have a recession and that there is a potential of something like the AIDS pandemic. And it's interesting that the AIDS and the COVID-19 virus are very related to each other. And what is very interesting also is that they both come from animals. And that's something that we also had this year. Uranus was in Taurus. It started in 2018, went backward, then it came in in 2019. But all of 2000, end of 2018 and 2020, Uranus, the unpredictable, crazy energy, uh, which is also the awakener, moved into Taurus until 2026. And it basically wakes Mother Nature. And one of the things that is waking up to understand uh, what's happening with Mother Nature is zoonotics or, or diseases that come from animals, like the Zika, like AIDS, like uh, HIV, sorry, like COVID-19, like SARS. These are all viruses that jumped off animals. And we now know from research, it was done basically this year very, very strongly, is that it's going to continue. 
as long as we're destroying and deforesting, deforesting and, and destroying the natural habitat of animals, they're gonna have they're gonna pass to us more and more of the diseases. This is the not a beautiful, but a very good example of karma, action and reaction. You take our lands away from us. We don't plan to, but we'll pass you our disease because it has to go someplace. And the next thing you know, you're shutting down. You know, so again, all of this was happening in 2020. Not only that, the eclipses were also until May, we're in Cancer and Capricorn, which is again, Earth sign and a water sign. And now we're moving energies towards air. So it's going to be more about collaboration, more, you're going to see more connection between people of different nations. I think there's going to be more um, ability. I mean, United States is, United States has the moon in the chart in Aquarius. And in charts of uh, countries, to understand the people, you look at the moon, not the sun. Mm. So it means that United States, the people are Aquarian by nature. And, you know, it's also true of all the countries per capita, even though uh, even for people who are poor in the United States, they donate more to other nations compared to any other country in the history of humanity. So we never had a country, even whatever you want to say about the United States, that has donated so much funds and so much money to other countries. So what's happening is that we're entering, returning in a sense to that quality of the moon in Aquarius and also Aquarius is democracy. So it's no wonder that United States until four years ago was the leader of the free will, a free word, free, free will and the free world um, and, and bringing people together. So I'm, I'm optimistic that now the Jupiter and Saturn in 2020 and later on in 2021 is going to be in Aquarius. We're going to see more of that collaboration between countries and less of that nationalism that is very typical for a more earth-bound energy. Can, can you talk scientifically maybe or explain how, because when you say it's now moving into air science, how does that happen that it falls only in air science sequentially? Does that make sense? So let's not call it scientific because I don't think astrology, at least until we maybe discover quantum mechanics, and I think that the next revolution is going to be a quantum mechanic. And by the way, I think we're starting this revolution now in December 21. I think you're going to see more and more news about this breakthrough in quantum mechanics or quantum computing because we're entering now and especially in 2023 and 24 when Pluto for the first time in 250 years is going to move into Aquarius that we're going to see a big big leap into the age of quantum the quantum revolution and that's going to be more in 2023 and 24. Regarding this question, what happened is it's an interesting thing. Marsala, we're going to talk about it next week a little bit more, but Marsala is a very famous astrologer, Jewish astrologer that uh, lived in Persia, then moved to Basra, to Iraq. He was one of the three astrologers that were invited um, by the caliph, by the, the uh, founder of uh, Baghdad, to decide when to start the, the the city, when to inaugurate the city. And they sat down and decided the best time to do it, and it did. A perfect they did a perfect chart for baghdad baghdad by the way funny enough i mean for us it's funny enough it's called a city of peace especially after we talked about 2001 2002 mm -hmm. but it was a city of peace and a center of learning for 500 years that a mighty long time you know so uh, he noticed that every 20 years very much like a clock jupiter and saturn come together why they're so important because jupiter is the planet of expansion and opportunities we said it's the energy of uh, a Lack, jovial. When I tell you, you look very jovial. It's because of 
Jupiter. You know, you have you're influenced by Zeus, Jupiter energy. So Jupiter is about expansion, protection. Wherever you have Jupiter is fortune. Even in the tarot card, uh, Jupiter is called fortune. Saturn is karma. In Kabbalah, it's the Shekhinah, the feminine aspect of God. It's very restrictive. It's very disciplined. It's very um, about plan, you know. And, and there is an interesting combination between those two planets. They're, they're showing different things. Whenever something bad happens, you look immediately, where's Saturn? Oh, here. Whenever something good happened, where's Jupiter? Oh, here. Okay. That's why this year sucked because Jupiter was in Capricorn. By the way, last time Jupiter was Capricorn, 2008. What happened then? The Great Recession. You know, so so that definitely shows that Jupiter didn't help us. He couldn't help us. You know, his his hands were tied. But when they come together every 20 years for Masala, which basically, funny enough, his name means the will of God or uh, let God decide. Um, he noticed that they stay very strictly in forming a triangle. Even Kepler, who was an astrologer, some people don't understand it. The father of astronomy was an astrologer. So he noticed also that they form these triangles. And the triangles, because where they go is a triangle. And if you put a triangle in the zodiac, you'll see that it's forming only between signs from the same element. So what is a triangle? It's 120 degrees. 120 degrees are located between, let's say, Aries and Leo, or between Leo and Sagittarius, or between Cancer and Scorpio, because these are all same elements. That's why I told you it's very connected to the element. Every 200 years, the triangle shifts to another element. It starts in the beginning of the sign, then it goes, and then it jumped into the another one. So we noticed that every 20 years, there's a change of government, change of direction of the country. Every 200 years, he said, dynasties fall, uh, empires fall, uh, big transitions, historically speaking, happen. Every thousand years, because they also return to the same place every thousand years, that's a big age change. So, for example, King David supposedly conquered Jerusalem 100 BCE. Hammurabi was around 19th century BCE. Sargon the Great was 22 century, a thousand years before that. You have every thousand years or so, something is kind of shifting and changing in humanity. And for example, uh, the star of Beit Lechem, the star of uh, that the three magis, the three uh, the three wise people, which are supposed to be astrologers because they followed a, a, a planet, a star, they think that, or that's what Marsala says, it was a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So that's something that happens uh, very mathematically. So it's basically mathematical cycles. And the last time that Jupiter and Saturn were in air, what was happening then? Uh, the uh, Renaissance. So we had a very strong connection to um, an awakening in uh, Europe. It came after the Black Plague of the 14th century. And then 1405 um, started, I mean, 1450, we think is officially, but in uh, the roots um, before the Medici and everything started in, um, in that, around that time. Again, it's uh, air is all about intellect and um, a culture, connection to ideas, not being afraid to say things. You know, one of the beautiful thing about Aquarius is that the key word for Aquarius is I know, but really what Aquarius know is that they don't know. And that's what makes Aquarius so knowledgeable. The fact that they're the only sign that says, I know I don't know. So I'm going to investigate. More humble sign. No, I'm not so it's the humble. It's inquisitive. It's curious. Humble, we will say Virgo. 
Virgo is more humble. How, so let's say you are an Aquarius, let's say, or you have heavy Aquarius in your chart. How does all this affect you? You're going to have a mixed bag because Jupiter in your sign, great. Saturn in your sign, eh. So you can put it together and say that make sure that your work and your joy are at one, meaning that you need to work in something that's Saturn that gives you expansion, Jupiter, whether it's financial or whether it's emotional. And if you think that your work is not very fun, try to make your work more fun. Then you can actually put those two things together. Dreams can become a reality for Aquarius. Aquarius will feel that there is a lot of pressure, not necessarily bad. It's pressure to get up, mature, make things happen. Because we're not going to talk about it so much today, but you can say we get the keys to the door of Aquarius on December 21. The door for, Aquar for the age of Aquarius is going to be February 11 and 12 of next year on the Chinese New Year, because that's the time where we're going to have Sun, Moon, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, Mars, and Pallas Athena all in Aquarius. And that's very, very rare. That's crazy. So, yeah, for example, for the book, that's when people, you know, ask me, why is the book for 2021 so thick? It's like a 400 pages or something. It's because what I wanted to do is look at history again and see these patterns and when they happened last time. You know, so um, it's it's a lot of things that are happening this year that have historical uh, or 2020 and 2021 that have a lot of precedents in the past. So they're very dramatic um, years. Talk to me a little bit, or for people, if let's say what Saturn in Aquarius usually is like, or Jupiter in Aquarius is usually like, and then the difference of when they're in there together. And then to continue that question is, does one lead? Because I know that Saturn rules Aquarius, right? So like mm -hmm. in that relationship, when they're conjunct, is one the leader? Does one take a step back? What's the dance? You know, the thing is that they've been they've been coming together closer and closer and closer, but they were in Capricorn. And Jupiter is very weak in Capricorn. Saturn is very strong in Capricorn. Now they're going to move in December. To, they're already moving in December 18, 17, 18, but they're going to conjunct. And then they're going to split their way and move apart for 20 years. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's not so, I mean, the, 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 the importance of the grand conjunction is it's a marker. You know, it's almost like it's a certain border. So it's like saying you're crossing from one country to the other, from one archetype to the other, from one energy to the other. It's like a very sharp change of season. It's like boarding an airplane and you're in uh, LA and flying to Alaska. So here you're wearing shorts and there you're suddenly freezing. That's the, that's that energy. It's like a, it's like a jump into something new. Now, Saturn, yeah, he kind of okay with Aquarius. It's the original ruler of Aquarius, but from 1781, we align Uranus with uh, Aquarius. And by the way, that's the time that uh, Los Angeles was established. So Los Angeles as a city was incorporated right when they discovered Uranus. That's why innovation, technology, thinking outside of the box is very LA-like, um, Los Angeles anyway. But Saturn and Jupiter together in Aquarius just going to enhance the energies of Aquarius. And the good thing about not only being Aquarius, but in general for all of us, Aquarius happens to be the sign of humanity. So we're back to humans, less about nationalism. You know, my type of humanity, more about, in general, humanity. Also, it's the sign of science and innovation. There's going to be a lot of new discoveries. For example, people ask me, we did this class here in Den Meditation. We did a class about uh, the coronavirus and astrology. 
And people ask when it's going to be done. And I told him, I know for sure that in December 21, Jupiter and Saturn are coming together to Aquarius, which is the sign of innovation and technology and humanity and being able to be in groups. Therefore, either there's going to be a medicine or there's going to be a vaccine. Where the last week, there was this whole article in New York Times, Moderna is going to start spread, uh, uh, um, delivering the vaccine on December 21. You know, that was like, okay, that's very blunt. That's too much on the nose. You know, in Hollywood, they would erase that out of the script because it's too much. You know, they're probably going to think that I have some kind of uh, invested interest in Moderna, you know, but that's how it works because Aquarius is about innovation, technology, thinking outside of the box. And what we're going to have in next year is connection to new people, new groups of people, new communities. Um, you're going to join new friends or you're going to have new friends. Saturn in Aquarius might weed out some older friends. Jupiter in Aquarius might bring new friends. And not only friends, but communities or collaborations or people that you find your affinity with. So that's part of 2021. Uh, 2020 was very much about, um, first of all, Capricorn. So the whole thing started in, like we said, January 12th, when Saturn and Pluto came together in Capricorn, but people don't say that also Jupiter was there and Minerva was there, and there was a whole cluster of planets in Earth signs. So the whole of 2020 was about um, the energy of groundedness, fear. Capricorn is ruled by the tarot card, uh, in, by the devil. So it's not that people that are Capricorn are demonic. It's just that they are born during the time, which in the past was a time of fear. Not a lot of people survived Capricorn because Capricorn happens the last part of December, most of January when it's really cold, there is no food, everything freezes. And if you didn't save enough food from the summer year or from the fall, from the harvest, then, or you had a bad harvest, you're probably going to die or your kids are going to die or your older parents are going to die. So it's very much related to fear of survival. And that's what geared the whole year. So even if you look at campaigns of uh, um, politicians that, in, that really tried to run on fear, they managed to get more uh, success. You know, even, you know, people ask, how is it possible that Biden won 80 million? It must be fraud. No, I'm saying, how is it possible that the other guy won so many? That's my real question. If there is any rigging, is for that side, you know. So that's running on fear. For example, what happened in Poland? that the whole um, the whole election ran off the fear of uh, gays and lesbians or in Holland and in, in, um, sorry in Hungary which is went around uh, immigration so that was all about fortifying and fear and and hating the other calling the virus by this name by China virus this virus that's all coming out of fear fear of survival it's a, it's authentic fear it's fear that I'm not going to make it to 2021 and unfortunately, you know, all around the world, a lot of people didn't make it to 2021. What's happening with Aquarius in 2022, and we're already, that's why I said, two, sorry, 2021, the beginning of 2021, that's why people ask, so how is 2021? Well, it's fine. It's kind of a regular year compared to 2020. 2020, we knew, is going to be messed up completely. You know, um, 2021, the only problem with 2021 is that it comes after 2020. That's what's wrong with 2021. So I always give the example of uh, a woman who is pregnant and she's still drinking and she's still doing drugs and she's still doing ecstasy and whatever she's doing. And then how is the baby? Well, the baby had a good genetic material overall, but because of what the mother did when she was pregnant with the baby, uh, the baby is a little bit uh, off. That's what's happening with 2021. 
Yeah, but we'll talk more about the character and the genetic material of 2021 next year and next uh, week. But that's how my my that's how I see astrology. The planets and their position are your genetics. That's what you come with. That's it. You can't change it. But the environment, how you're nurturing yourself, your decisions, that's um, the, similar to our choices and free will. So that's how you work with your chart. We're not going to change the fact that you're in Aries. But we can change the fact of what kind of an Aries are you, hmm. you know, and how do you want to carry your Ariesness? That's such a beautiful way to use your chart. I feel like to really get to know yourself better, be able to evolve. Yeah, the same way that okay, you have a problem with anger. Okay, maybe it's genetic. Go to anger management classes. They'll give you cognitive tools to deal with it, and then you come back home, and you're not going to beat your kids up. So, it's not that we change your genes. We change how you work with your genes, and of course, there's a certain amount of range you can do it. But if, that's why 2020, it, it was a tough, tough year. But you still had the range of your choices within that year. Talk about the significance of this um, grand conjunction happening on solstice. So in astrology, we have four holidays. And they're literally holy days. It's not because we don't work, because unfortunately we do in those days. But they're holy days because... For thousands of years, people that have gazed up to the skies have noticed our celestial environment, realized that there are four days that are super, super important. They're anchoring the dance between light and dark. One of them is the winter solstice, which in the northern hemisphere, the night is the longest. Another one is the equinox that come after that. It's the spring, vernal, vernal equinox, which is the day and the night being equal and the beginning of Aries and the Babylonian new year, because it was the astrological new year. Then we have the summer solstice, which in the northern hemisphere is the longest day. And we have the uh, autumn, autumn or the fall equinox, which is again, the day and night are equal. The first day of Libra, the sign of balance. So astrology is built on that um, for this cross. Basically, that is, by the way, the origin of the cross of matter. Because if you put those points in the chart, you'll see that they create a cross. And if you know a little bit about your chart, that cross determines your rising sign, your point of career, your point of home, and your point of relationship. That's why these two, these four points, they're called cardinals. They're also called the corners of your chart. Whatever happens in your chart in those places, if there's any little planet there or any kind of activity, it's enhanced because it's a super important, it's like, it's like a plaza, you know? So whatever you're doing there, and now everybody in the city knows that you've done it, you know? like So anything happening in the winter solstice in the summer solstice, in the equinox, is extremely important. And think about it. Astrology is basically the mother of religion, not only the mother of sciences. Because if you think about the equinox, well, there you have Passover and you have Easter. You think about the winter solstice, well, that's where you have Christmas. So all of the holidays are arranged around them because first was astrology and then religion came and told stories about those specific alignments. So this year, not only Jupiter and Saturn are together, Big deal, once in 20 years. Not only they're moving once in 200 years to a different element, big deal. They're also falling on the winter um, solstice, which is a huge deal because the winter solstice amplifies everything. It just projects everything, puff. Now, the way I look at winter solstice, I remember when I studied astrology, uh, I, it was in Mexico, and I was really intrigued by the Mesoamerican um, um cultures and how they used to be very worried during the winter solstice because what happened during the winter solstice, the sun rises and then sinks again. 
right? That's the whole thing. That's why we hardly have any light during the day, right? The sun rises and it doesn't even go up. It immediately goes down. So they were very worried about the sun. The sun must be sick. The sun, of course, is a god and so forth. So what did they do? What can you do to help the sun? You take people's hearts out and roll their bloody body on the um, pyramid to satisfy the sun. And you know what happened? It worked because December 22nd, the sun started rising a little bit higher. And you know what? In, this, in January 1st, the sun is even higher and it grows. So that reinforced, that's what Pavlov talked about, superstitious conditioning. It reinforced their behavior because they realized that rolling dead people on the pyramid works. So if something works, you know the saying, why change it? So again, that's the winter solstice, the first day of Capricorn. Now you see the origin of fear. If you're living in Mexico City in that time, in the Aztec tradition, even in the Mayan tradition, they did similar things, then you're afraid that you're going to be next uh, to roll down um, to satisfy the sun. So what happens around that time in many traditions, it was a time of fear. And when I studied that, I figured I want to see a different way of looking at it. And then I've realized that I, I, the way I see the night and darkness in astrology is feminine. And the way I see light is masculine. So that's why the year starts when the day and the night are equal and the days are getting bigger because there's more activity during the day. So masculine energy, like children are masculine in general, they push forward, they move, they, they need to move on. Okay, so darkness or night is not evil. It's a time where you come back home from work. You come to the family. It's very feminine into your house. Very feminine. You eat dinner together. Very feminine. You go to sleep, which is very feminine. Your dream, which is very feminine. You rest and you accumulate all of the activities that you've done and integrate it in your brain. That's very feminine. So we know that darkness, night equals feminine. Day, light equals masculine. So what is really happening? I ask myself, mythologically speaking, what is the origin of all of this? Mama is pregnant. Okay, so the goddess, the night is so big. Again, in the Northern Hemisphere we're talking about, which is the origin of astrology and all these holidays. She can hardly move. I have been being a woman for many lifetimes, so I forgot how it is to be pregnant, but I've seen a lot of my friends, my sister, my mother be pregnant. It's tough at the end. Even those that are super spiritual and love and adore their pregnancy during the end, they're like, get it out of me. Okay. So that's approximately the mood of the goddess. She's like pregnant. This child, I mean, she's not only pregnant, she's pregnant with the sun, with light. So it's not about kicking her. It's about burning her from inside. Okay, and what happened on the 21st of uh, December, which is the winter solstice, she gives birth. She gives birth to the child of light. And the child of light is tiny because on December 21, the day is really, really small and the night is really, really long. But what happened the day after in December 22nd and December 23rd? The child of light that she's nursing out of her own body. That's why she's getting lean and fit and she's starting to get her body back. The child in her arm, the child of light, is growing, growing more and more and more and becomes stronger and stronger until all the way to the summer uh, solstice. So that's why the ancient ones called this time, December 21, that is coming to us very, very soon, as the gateway of the gods, while the summer solstice is the gateway of humanity. So why is it this god the, the gateway for the gods apollo according to the myth and his twin sister of course artemis the goddess of, of the moon were born on december on, on the equinox uh, sorry on the solstice 
uh, Horus, Osiris, Mithras, Atis, I mean, you name it. Anybody who's a who and who in the god and goddesses of the ancient world were born at that day because they're gods of light. They're saviors. And that's why the church eventually decided to move Jesus from April, the date of birth, to the equinox. Sorry, to the solstice, which is December. At that time, it was December 25 because of the precession of the um, of the zodiac so at that time it was december 25 the uh solstice now we're celebrating december 21 but at that time it was then because it changes a little bit every year every yeah so that's one of the reasons why we celebrate christmas that's why christmas only started in the begin in the middle of the fourth century it took 350 years after jesus died to decide that he was born on the uh, solstice so he was actually a proud aries most likely. <laughs> How, so what is the significance if someone today is born on a solstice? If somebody is born on a solstice, um, it's just very, very intense life. A lot of things move. Not only solstice. If anybody is born on the solstice and the equinox or a day before or a day after, they're influenced by very powerful um, energies. And they decided to be liminal personalities. Liminal meaning people on the border. Because if you're born on a, any one of the equinoxes or the solstice, you're born right between two signs. So it's always very powerful. We have so many certifications and a retreat coming up all for January or getting ready for 2021. The retreat is actually December. The last little bit, it ends December 31st. It's nine to six starting December 27th through December 31st. It is virtual. You can do it from anywhere. Go on to denanywhere.com, get the information. It is going to be an incredible um, retreat and way to go within yourself, learning self-care and also learning how to handle the ups and downs so that when you go into 2021, you are strong. So I think it's a perfect way to finish this year off and to start the next year. Again, it starts December 27th and ends the 31st and it's nine to six every day for five days. And it's with Heather Preet, who's incredible and anyone who's ever done a retreat with her knows how transformational it is. But we also have a bunch of certifications and courses happening in January. So it's really a great way to start 2021. Teacher training. I know I've said it before. Starts January 7th. It's a 400-hour teacher training program. It's not even if you want to be a teacher. If you do want to be a teacher, we've had so many incredible teachers develop from there. Um, but it's also an amazing way to just deepen your practice or get a strong practice going or just to understand more and dive deeper. It is going to be incredible. Again, go to denanywhere.com, get all of the information. We are accepting applications now. Also, intuitive healing, the basic training starts January 10th and the advanced starts January 12th. And Reiki, if you want to get Reiki certified, that is February 7th. Also, an incredible course on Kabbalah from Gal Sassan, who you know is one of our favorite astrologists. Um, and so if you want to learn about Kabbalah from him, it's about a six-week course starting January 9th. So all this is on denanywhere.com. Go to certifications and courses and take a look at what's happening. And again, don't forget that retreat. What an unbelievable gift to yourself and way to really make sure that you're evolving the way you need to. So talk about a little bit from a spiritual perspective of the culmination of everything going on. You're talking about basically a new beginning starting on the solstice, that it's actually the beginning of 2021. You're talking about a whole new beginning as far as elements moving into a different area or slowly moving into the age of Aquarius, but really kind of ushering that in. Um, the eclipse, all these planets starting to change. So there's tons of transformation happening and coming off of 2020. And then most of this culminating on the solstice. Like, talk about it from that spiritual perspective of kind of 
what is expected of us as humanity? I mean, I think we are expected to um, change our attitudes because it's not like, oh, I was always Aquarius and now everything's moving to Aquarius. That's great. No, no, no. Relative, you also have to change. So if we're all changing from Capricorn to Aquarius and you've always been Aquarius, you have to change from Aquarius to super Aquarius. Does that make sense? So we all have to kind of get out of our comfort zone in a sense and do something, uh, change something like reach out maybe to the other side, whatever is your other side and whatever is somebody that you consider more antagonistic to you or different than you. But I think that the biggest thing is to really start thinking, you know how, what was it, Kennedy that said, don't ask what the country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Okay, We do the same thing, but change country with humanity. Because that was the 60s. Now we're moving into uh, uh, the 2020s. And this is the age of Aquarius, which is more about community and people. I think we all have to ask ourselves, what can we do to better humanity? Forget about your country right now. Forget about your race. Forget about your uh, gender. And focus on humanity. That will engulf everything anyway. You know, So it sounds very philosophical, but it has to be practical, meaning that it's reaching out, it's making connections, creating communities. You know, um, That's why even what we're doing now is very Aquarian. First of all, we're using the internet. And by the way, if you look at cycles and what happened in 2021, uh, 2020 as well, that is going to continue in 2021, is that Saturn, the planet that we talked about so much, the great teacher, uh, was in Aquarius from March until July right when the lockdown started. So Saturn was in Aquarius then, then it moved back to Capricorn. And now in December 18 or so, it's going to move back into Aquarius. Last time Saturn was in Aquarius was in um, 1990, 91, 92, 93, beginning of 93. That was the time the internet was actually made public. That's when people started using www. That's when people started using the word surfing the internet, passing even video files and audio files. And think about it. Without that last time Saturn was in Aquarius teaching us how to do it, this Saturn in Aquarius would have been a disaster because the economy could still work for some people because they could work from home because of the internet, not because they were on the landline talking all the time. Does that make sense? So what is happening, I think that the stars are working with us. We're working with the star. I'm, I'm sure that now we're doing something when Saturn is in Aquarius, an innovation, a, a new idea that is just a spur, like it's beginning like a seed, like just germinating right now that will help us next time in 30 years when Saturn is going to be in Aquarius. Because all of 2021 and 22 and a little bit of 2023, we're going to have Saturn in Aquarius, which is all about communities, people, groups, defining your communities, reevaluating how we work together and how we collaborate together. So the solstice is always a celebration of light. That's ultimately uh, what this is um, all about. Um, so it's definitely a situation where there is movement in relation to um, how we can be more innovative, how we can be more connected to the energies of, of what we call light. Because think about Hanukkah, think about Yule, think about um, uh, even Christmas. Even when I go to Istanbul this year, I didn't go, but usually when I go to Istanbul in that, this period of time, all the malls are filled with trees and lights. 
They don't have nativity scenes because they're Muslims, but they still adopted that idea of light. If you go to Tel Aviv also, all of the shops are full of light, even though they're Jewish. So it's a beautiful idea of bringing light during that time. Now, how you define light in a spiritual way could be compassion, could be love and kindness, could be whatever it is. But what you're now entering and all of December is marked by it, especially because the new moon in this, in the new moon in um, uh, the solar new moon, the solar eclipse that is happening to us in December 14 is the sun and moon in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the bearer of light. It's a mutable um, sign of fire. So it's about spreading the fire, connecting to light, bringing things up into the light. So that's really what's going to happen for us in the next month is focusing on light. And what is light? Light can be viewed as awareness. So this is a great month to study. I know some people want to just like chill out. Great. So maybe figure out what are, you know, now they're, everybody's coming out with the best books for 2020, all of that. They're trying to close the year, but that's a great time to get more information, to do more classes, to spread more light yourself. You know, that's behind the gifting is also part of that um, energy of what's happening right now. And when the gifts, I'm thinking more and more about uh, how true gifts uh, should be bestowed to people. I think that it's really important to focus on giving things that are more creative and less expensive. And it's tougher. It's always easy to go online and get something. Okay, I got that check out. But really think what people really need. And sometimes people might need an old book that you have. Sometimes people might need something different. You know, so always think about how to bring light or how to gift people, because that's really exchanging of energy of things that they really need, not necessarily things that um, they might want. So this is really a time also. We'll talk about it a lot in um, in the class on Kabbalah, because that's going to uh, be kind of like helping you with the new resolution, because we're going to take the tree of life and try to manifest our wishes with it, that when you try to manifest a new resolution or a wish, you have to make sure that what you want and what you need are congruent, that they work together. Because sometimes what we want is not what we need. And then the universe is just not going to give it to you because you're not going to give it to yourself because you really don't need it. I know I want it. I know you want it, but you don't need it. So that's part of that thing that is happening to us right now. We're getting more clarity with the eclipses and the equino in the uh, solstice about what we want versus what we need. That's beautiful. I'm going to actually wrap it up there on my part because I think that's a perfect way to go out. And I want to make sure we get to people's questions. Um, but it really, just hearing that whole thing is so fascinating because it does feel like in some ways it was such a, there were so many uh, tough signs and, and, and tough, it was a tough year as far as what you were saying with the earth elements. And mm -hmm. it's almost like kind of like we were getting shook like that we had to shake that last bit out of us almost in order to get to this part of december which you're saying which is the beginning of kind of shedding it to create new and to step into this aquarius part of us and humanity in this age so it's interesting to see why it feels like it was so strenuous and like we're being given this beautiful energy now to kind of see what part of that now that it's been loosened whether it feels that way or not can we actually let go so that we can like move forward it's interesting yeah and also uh, 2020 is a year with a lot of conjunction and conjunction basically means new beginnings 
the conjunction we had between Pluto and Saturn, yes, it was the beginning of the pandemic, but it was a beginning of many different things. For example, uh, the research for AIDS and uh, HIV and the cure really developed science tremendously. Now we, we actually use viruses sometimes to deliver information. We recognize that viruses are a deliverer of information. So I'm not saying it was a great thing that happened, but science managed to take it and, move and make something out of it. The same thing is going to happen with this year. Everybody in this room, everybody around the world, they had the biggest lesson of oneness that we could ever hope for. If anybody had any doubt that we're all connected, look at what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter where you live, you have the same situation. You have the virus. It's not like some war in the Middle East, who cares? Let's our, get our troops out of there because we don't... Be no, everybody is dealing with the same thing, the same worries. So it, in a weird way, it united us, even though everybody had to be in their own home alone. But um, we have started now in January of 2020, a conjunction that would last around 40 years. So you've started something this year, and it's nothing to do with the sickness. It has to do maybe with what the sickness around us caused you to do that will last 40 years. Not only that, we have the conjunction that's happening now. This conjunction would last for 20 years. So you're now starting something that will only end in 2040. You know, So it's really important to pay attention. What did the conjunction bring to us? Because this conjunction is like a new moon. It's starting a cycle, but instead of a month cycle, it's a 20 years cycle. So everyone really needs to do their work because this has got mm -hmm. some oomph behind it is what you're saying. <laughs> Um, okay, let's get to some questions. Someone is asking if it is advisable to do surgeries before or after December 16th, or should you wait until after 1221? Mm, you know, in, 20, in 2021, from January 29 to February 21, uh, we're going to have Mercury retrograde, not the best time to do surgeries. Um, I think that they're going to also start closing elect elective uh, surgeries very, very soon. I don't know where you are in the world. So I would say uh, if it is something important that you need to do, I would actually do it sooner than later. Okay. Um, what does all this mean for Vesta in Aquarius? I don't want to get too specific to, you know, asteroids especially or fixed stars uh, or specific signs because, you know, it's too, too much. But I think that anything, I mean, we're going to have a lot of planets now moving into Aquarius, including Minerva. And I think Minerva, or what they call Pallas Athena, is a little bit more important uh, for us. For example, in the readings, I do incorporate her and not Vesta so much. But it's a, it's a choice. But the fact that we have so much activity in Aquarius, just add to it. Now, when you have so many ingredients in a cake, it's, even if it's a chocolate cake, the chocolate is losing some of its power because so many other ingredients are there inside. If a cake is only made from one thing, it tastes like that thing. If it's made of 10, you can't really differentiate. So what I'm saying is there's so much activity, so many planets are moving into Aquarius, that's what are going to stick out is Aquariusness instead of Mars in Aquarius or Saturn in Aquarius or Jupiter in Aquarius or Vesta in Aquarius or Lilith or whatever. No, Lilith is not going to be in Aquarius for a while, but you know what I mean? So when you have so many planets in a sign and it creates a stellium, it creates like this conjunction, it's mixed already. And what pops up is the essence, which is Aquariusness. 
should someone like when you're trying to figure out how it affects you personally, how do you relate that to your chart? Do you look and see where your Aquarius is? Like how should someone kind of bring that to themselves? Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody has all the signs. People think that you have only two, three, four signs, your rising sign, your moon sign, your sun sign, blah, blah. You have all the signs incorporated in you. You might not uh, think that you don't have any planets in Aquarius and you're not rising sign Aquarius, but you know what? Aquarius might be ruling your house of career. So now all of that activity is moving into your house of career. So there is a house. House is an area in your life that is uh, could be the house of children. It could be the house of money. It could be the house of health. It could be the house of passion. And wherever you have Aquarius in that house or whatever you have Aquarius in your chart is going to be very dominant, very going to be very activated this next year. You know, people are asking different questions, but I'm going to ask it as one. One person is asking, how do you interpret off of the houses Jupiter in the 11th house? And then someone wants to know how you interpret Aquarius in the 11th house. So both you know, Jupiter in the uh, Jupiter, whenever he goes to any kind of house, he creates more off. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it could be confusing. <laughs> Jupiter moved into your house of relationship. You have a beautiful marriage. Suddenly you meet somebody in the, um, in the line outside because they don't let anybody into the store until, uh, you know, some, somebody left. You strike a conversation. The next thing you know, bang, um, you have a secret love. Okay, that's not the best thing because Jupiter, remember Jupiter, we said expansion. He moved into your house of relationships. So Jupiter traditionally is considered to be fortune, luck, opportunities, doors opening, and it is moving into Aquarius. Or to, if you in this case, the eleventh house. The eleventh house, if you count, it's the eleventh sign. It's almost the same. So Jupiter in the eleventh house is the same as Jupiter in Aquarius, almost. So basically, what it means, maybe new friends, maybe if the company you're working with, you can get a promotion. Maybe a new company approaches you. Maybe you just find yourself much more friendly and more connected to friends. Maybe one of your friends is going to give you uh, the best clue to what you need to do next, or introduce you to your future husband. Because what Jupiter does, it's almost a, like Jupiter is going to channel itself through a company, a friend, a community, government, organizations, altruism, because that's where the energy field that he's at. What house is the house of health? The sixth house. The sixth house is the house that is traditionally associated with Virgo. It's very easy to know it because... Think about it. Uh, the first house takes its colors from Aries. The second house takes its color from Taurus, the next sign. The third house takes its color from the third sign, Gemini. So it's not the same, but it's almost the same. It's the same archetype. So if Aries is uh, the personality, if Aries is the, 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 the face, you know, Aries from the human body is the face. And you recognize people usually not from their hands or from their stomach, but from their face. So the I am of Aries affects the first house. So that's how the houses uh, work. So the sixth house is associated with Virgo, which is the sign of the Lady of the Herbs, the nurse, Mary Poppins, um, you know, Mother Teresa, Mother Mary, the super nanny. That's the energy of uh, health, healing, diet. You know, everybody, everybody that's sick should change their diet, of course, because diet is the source of healing. But some people also look at the first house because the first house rules the body in general. So the house of health and sickness could be associated with the sixth house, but you always have to look also at the first house, which is the house of your body. Um, someone was saying, and by the way, if you guys have questions, just add it, put it into the chat. Someone was asking, 
saying that they're having trouble losing their COVID weight, about 10 pounds, and they want to lose about 10 pounds a month, but they're finding it very difficult right now. When on an astrological basis, will that be more possible or easier to achieve? Let's think together. What do you need in order to lose weight? You should eat less, but sometimes it doesn't work so much because your body is used to getting it. It will demand it. Uh, maybe certain parts of your body, yeasts, I don't know, fungi that you have there, candida, demand, demand, demand. The only thing is to find a way that you can do some cardio. Why cardio? Even the cardio, it rules the heart. What really happens in during cardio is that you breathe much more. So the fact that we are moving now in 17, 18 of December to Saturn and Jupiter to Aquarius, and it's an air sign, the fact that the North Node, which is what you came to learn, is in Gemini, which is the lungs, and an air sign, I really recommend that you find a cardio that you vibe with. And it could be closing the door on your room, putting on some um, uh, crazy, there's a lot of, I mean, things now, there's free classes, workshops. Uh, you don't have to be having a bicycle and to spin, maybe even dancing an hour uh, a day, you know, could work. Hiking. Um, it's really interesting because a lot of time I tell people to do that, they don't do it. But then I tell them, you know what? I see in the chart, you have to get a dog. And then they get a dog and they start walking with the dog. So why? Dogs are ruled by Virgo. Pets are ruled by Virgo. Dogs and cats and pets heal us. If you don't know that, it's a fact. They sometimes take your sickness also, which is really sad, but they do that. So same thing. Any kind of cardio, because we're moving into air signs, will be great. And some of the COVID weight is because you're alone, because you can't go out, because you can't go join your spin classes or yoga classes. It's true, because something is repressing your Aquarius. And hopefully, as we get closer, as we get deeper into 2021, you're going to be able to do that again. But you see how it all works. Saturn being in Aquarius uh, blocked us from a lot of activities that we did in with people, hence the COVID weight. Have you ever read an animal's chart? Yeah, many times. I mean, I when I I I, I have a, a COVID pet. COVID pet, I'm sure a lot of you have it, is that because I travel so much. My dog and cats died like when two years ago, three years ago. So I didn't want to get anyone because another one because I travel so much. This year I said I'm, I'm going to go anywhere. So and there's mice that started, you know, running around the kitchen. And my friend said it's time for a cat. So I went and adopted one. And um, I, I was lucky enough to know the mother, uh, the, the, the owner of, uh, of the uh, cat, uh, the mother and the father were there and all the kids. I mean, they had a lot, of, um, a, lot of a lot of cats in that house. So I could tell when he was born. So I did his chart, you know, with cats that are born at the house, home birthing, what is called. It's very easy to know uh, when they are born. And they say that with cats and even with dogs, it's good to look at the moon because the moon might be more their sign than anything else. It's not what you say about children as well, like in the beginning, look at their moon sign. Yeah, but in general, uh, but with children, you can look at them um, completely because you can also project to the future knowing um, transits. Um, so on animals too, someone is asking, does this mean these transitions that humans will evolve to be kinder to animals? You know, it's giving kindness um, an astrological um, influence, if we can call it like that. I think kindness is a choice. You have people who are in the worst situation in their life and they're kind, and you have people that have everything and they're mean. 
you know, they can be even the president of the most powerful country and they will still be mean. So kindness is not so much connected to necessarily astrology. I think it's more about free will than anything else. Um, there is a tendency in a sense. And of course, because we are moving into Aquarius, there should be more altruism because Aquarius rules altruism. For example, in Kabbalah, uh, every letter in the Hebrew uh, alphabet, or ten of the, uh, sorry, twelve of them, are associated with zodiac sign, according to the Book of Creation, Sefer Yetzirah, which was supposedly written by Abraham. And the letter that is attached to uh, Aquarius is Tzadik, and Tzadik in the ancient world um, means the fisherman, the one that brings uh, the fish out of the water, but it also means a saint. So when I say to somebody that person is a saint, she's a saint, I will say she's a tzadikah. Or when you say that you want to give elms or you want to give donation, is tzedakah. So that's very much associated with Aquarius. Aquarius is the sign of altruism. It's the sign of saints. So we are striving to, now as we move into the edge of Aquarius and influenced so much by Aquarius in the next year or so, two years, to be more saintly. So hopefully that does mean they will be kinder to animals. But I like how you said that, that you can't attribute that necessarily. The problem is that some people are kind to animals, but they're mean to people. Right. And I don't know what's worse because they're, they're, again, a cognitive dissonance. Humans are animals. So why are you kind to animals and not humans? We saw it in uh, World War II. The Nazis were obsessed about their dogs. Someone's asking what qualities characterize children that are going to be born after 1221? It really, I mean, alpha generation and even the Z generation are starting to see it now more and more, the generation Z uh, or Z, um, and then generation alpha, which is more like the people that are born in the last five years or so, or 10 years, I think they allow it, but around five, 10 years. Um, they're different. They're much more accepting. They're much more Aquarian. So of course, they're going to be born into an Aquarian energy. It's almost as if they have to cross through Aquarius uh, to get to us, in a sense. So they're baptized in Aquarius. And we said, it's a sign that has to do with assimilation, like everybody being at one. And that's why you see that the younger generation don't see color so much. You know, they're a little bit more colorblind in the sense that they don't see black, white, um, you know, all the everything in between. They don't see is gender so much it's not so important for them people are saying oh there's more a uh, transgender among the generation g because it's a it's a it's a movement it's a trend no it's not a it was always here but they were not just repressed b you're talking about kids who are starting to realize that this whole gender thing that we were trapped in for thousands of years doesn't make so much sense and it's it's not necessarily black and white like everything is in between um so the, the, the reason why there is more of these kids is because they are i-binary. They defy binarism. They don't want to be given toys that are pink or blue. And that's, I think, is something that they teach us. Um, will vaccines go smoothly? And will most people in the USA get vaccinated by spring? I think so. I think that, uh, let's say this, again, it's free will. I read today that, at least what Biden is saying now, that it's not going to be mandatory. Okay. Uh, I think there will be countries that will tell you that you cannot get in if you didn't if you don't bring um, a certificate of vaccines. I think that some European uh, countries are talking about it. 
Um, again, there's a lot of misinformation, chips that are inside, aliens that are inside the vaccines, blah, blah. I don't know how everybody decided to coordinate together, the Russian, the Chinese, the English, and the American, and the Indians, and the Israelis, because they think they have maybe a vaccine. All of them decided to put chips and aliens and other things inside to trace us. And people think they're so important that somebody would want to know where they are and put a chip in them. Who would care where you are? You know what I mean? It's like, never mind. So if we're going to get over all these lies and deceptions, hopefully it will help people get, I think, by April, May. I think my, May 26 is a big eclipse. I think that by then we should be flowing. Speaking of that, is December a good month to sign business contracts or are there any dates to avoid? I'm sure there is some dates that, for example, void, of course, is not a good time. So it depends where you are. You just have to go online and put moon void, of course, uh, where you live, um, um, some kind of uh, maybe the city where you live because it's a different time zone and to see where that where the void, of course, during the month are. Sometimes it's a few days. Sometimes it's a few days. No, but sometimes it can be a day, half day, few hour, a minute. So that's not a good time. But overall, it really depends on the nature of the contract, but they say that during eclipses is not the best. So maybe two days, three days back and forth between the eclipses is not good. So let's say December 12 to 16 to try to avoid it. But other than why, other than that, there's no Mercury retrograde or anything. Um, when is the next time Venus goes into retrograde? We mentioned it the last 10 days of 2021 and all of 2000 and the first month approximately of 2022, it's going to be in Capricorn. And what type of changes that have happened to us because of 2020 that we were forced to do um, will actually be need to be carried forward to become permanent cultural change in order for the age of Aquarius to manifest fully? Again, it's the whole um, re-examining of uh, communities and the power of community. Uh, you saw it with the kids and what they did in the Tulsa rally to Trump with the TikTok. It's a very good example of Generation Z saying, you know what? you're lying, you're doing all of these things, we're going to do something similar, but through our community, you know, and that worked so much that they started talking about banning TikTok until they decided not to talk about it anymore, you know, but that's an example. But what I think we're going to carry forward is, first of all, our homes. I think that because the pandemic started when the North Node was in Cancer, it only moved there, I told you, May, and the first eclipse that was in Gemini was in June, so we're talking about the big, big, big realization that A, we have a virus, B, we have to stay at home, that our attitude towards family and home is going to be now carried for 19 years. Uh, don't forget, last time it happened was uh, 2000, 2001. And then again, the, the interesting thing about 9-11, it was the Twin Towers, and that was two months before the North Node moved into Gemini, the Twin. <clears throat> but it was uh, during cancer and Bush, uh, the younger, was cancer. America is cancer. And it was an attack on American soil, on our home, that caused that big trauma. So I think that what we're going to carry now for the next, um, for the future, is our attitude towards home, to work from home, our families. You know, what I've noticed with the virus for a lot of people, <clears throat> it quickened things that actually were going on anyway. So if the couple was terrible together, there is no hiding now. We can't move on. If there was a problem with one of the kids, for example, I had this chart with a, a kid that was doing really bad in school. And the minute the pandemic started and they started studying from school and from home, they excelled. 
So it turned out to be, they don't have any problems in, in learning. They have no learning disabilities like they were diagnosed by psychologists. They just didn't feel good at school. And maybe some of the kids were bullying them. And now when they're by their computer at home, they are excelling and they're doing so well. You know, suddenly they're curious. Suddenly. So what I think it brings is a lot of truth, a lot of authenticity in a sense. And of course, some of it is very difficult. I mean, we're under house, house arrest. The whole planet is in house arrest. It's definitely not easy. But it's these kind of things that we discover about ourselves that we could not otherwise. So I think we're going to take home, take back uh, for the next few years, how we treat our homes, our home in general, our families, our feelings, and also our vulnerability. To realize that um, um, we are vulnerable because a lot of us have grown lately in a period where there is no polio, there are no uh, uh, diseases that were so intense. And I think that it taught us a great lesson. And ultimately what we said before, the idea behind oneness. Yeah, I mean, there's been so much change for everyone. I think you're right. It's mm -hmm. it's interesting. Um, someone's saying that 2020 felt very spiritually tiring. And I know we touched on this, but how can we use astrology to intentionally let go of that energy? Again, dedicate December 21 as the day when you are letting it go. So maybe on December 21, you can do some kind of ritual and you can uh, put on one piece of paper or take one piece of paper, write it down. Don't do it in a computer. Just write it down in a pencil and a pen a pencil and a paper, uh, all of the things that you have learned in 2020 that you want to um, get rid of. I learned this about me. I learned that I'm impatient. I learned that I can't stand being at home alone. I learned that it's very difficult for me not to talk to somebody for a long time, blah, blah. And on the other side, learn all the good things that you've uh, discovered about yourself or about life. Then I would suggest with the risk of you know people burning forests, burn it in a safe place. And if you have a water source around you, send it over to the water. Because again, any kind of alchemical work with water and fire is very, very um, uh, powerful. So worst case, flush it down the toilet if you have to. But if you can go to a water source, a lake, a river, a sea, that would be great if you can. And just do that that way. And that way it forces you um, to kind of figure out what is it that you learned and what is it that you want to discharge. And because December 21 is such a powerful day, to do it then. Um, how do you connect transgender to androgyny in a mythological context? You know, it's very much related to Gemini. So Gemini is the only androgynous uh, sign. That's why when, and Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And when Mercury fell in love with Venus, because everybody fell in love with Venus, and they had a kid, because everybody has a kid from Venus, it was Hermaphrodite. The reason why we say Hermaphroditus is because Herma come from Hermes and Aphrodite come from Venus. So there is something transgender, you can say, about the kid that was born with, with, in this case, it's like somebody who is embodying the feminine and the masculine at the same time, either because you're born a certain way and you changed it, or you're born with both, which is the Hermaphrodite. And Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, is associated with androgynous energy. Um, so that's definitely a quality of air, you know, but it's not necessarily connected to this year or, or it's more the age that we're moving into. Um, someone off of what you were saying, how you're taking what your home is and you're moving that to the future is saying they've been living on their own. So does that mean for the next 19 years, um, they're going to be on their own, um, because they realize they want a partner 
And well, because maybe this year, living alone and realizing, oh my God, I'm alone in this house uh, in a time where I work from home and train from home and sleep at home and eat from home and do everything at home. I want a partner. I don't want to be like this. So it doesn't have to be that it gets stuck. So when we say that there is something starting, it doesn't mean that this is freezed. So it's not a freezing situation. It's a beginning of something, if that makes sense. Uh, so you have now uh, the motivation and also the, uh, the clarity of what you actually want to achieve, which is a relationship, a companionship. Um, what does it mean if you have your vertex in the house of health? You know, it just means basically that you always have to be aware of allergies, of changing your diet, trying new things. To be, and it's almost—it's not only the house of work; it's also the house of. Uh, uh, sorry, it's not only the house of health; it's also the house of diet and work. So it could affect you much more in your work, or it's also the house of employees. It could affect you in your employees. It also the house of pets. It could be affecting in your pets. Sometimes it affects in every every aspect, but. Overall, it's made definitely a main transformation or it's an anchor of transforming things in your life that has to do with your work. But remember, the sixth house is the house of service more than work. A lot of us are doing work that doesn't serve nobody. And a lot of us are doing service that doesn't work. So it's really about putting them together. That's why it's ruled by Virgo, the nun. How does the astrology line up economically? Well, I know, for example, I have a few uh, clients that are using astrology as an astrology program, even for stock markets, uh, because astrology is all about cycles and identifying cycles and recognizing the cycles and uh, being able to either predict or foretell what is going to happen. Same thing with the market. The market is all about cycles. Um, in the book of 2021, I actually talk about uh, Peter Turching. He actually is a mathematician who studied cycles. And he predicted in 2010 already that in 2020, there's going to be a lot of uh, um, unrest, a lot of social unrest in America. And he says, it's not because I'm a prophet. It's because I've recognized that every 20 years, sorry, every 50 years, there is some unrest. There is some movement among the people in the United States. He created a, a, a model, mathematical model, that he could put certain ingredients that are necessary. And then he realized that there are 50-year cycles. And I thought, well, 50 years, there must be something in astrology that happens every 50 years because astrology is all about cycle. And he was talking about unrest. He was talking about economic stuff. I was saying, okay, let's look in astrology. And then in astrology, it's obvious that the 50-year cycle is Chiron or Chiron or Chiron. And then I thought, okay, if it's United States, because he studied about United States, then it has to be in the birth chart of United States that Chiron is in Aries because it happens every 50 years and it's happening in 2020. And it's true. It is happening in, in, in the United States chart. Chiron is in Aries. And then I started noticing, and you'll see in the book of 2021, um, that every, I put there lists of things that happen according. And what I've noticed that is very, very similar is a relation to voting. So for example, when the, uh, African-American or the slaves, men, were allowed to vote, to vote was in the one time that Chiron was in Aries. The next time after, women were allowed to vote. The next time after was when they reduced the age from 21 to 18, so more young people could vote. And this time round, I said to people, even before, 
listen, there's going to be a big thing about the voting. Everybody was telling and pushing back. No, uh, they're saying they're trying to suppress the, the voting. They try to take over the post office and, and disable it. They try to spread lies about it. So they told me, no, they're going to be less voting. And I said, no, according to Kiron in Aries, Aries is I am. My vote counts. It's very much your identity in a sense. You know, women allowed to vote is their voice is heard. You know, blacks allowed to vote, their voice are heard. Young people are allowed to vote. Their voice is, they're saying, I am. And indeed, this year, what? It was more than 161 million. It was unprecedented. So every time Kiron was in Aries, there was a understanding. And the beginning of the United States was no taxes without representation. So the fathers of the... Um, uh, the, of America decided that they don't want to pay taxes if we can't vote. So everything, the inciting incident of America was all about votes. So that same thing with cycles of economy, cycles of astrology. They're linked together. Can you talk more about the quantum revolution that we're entering and what do you think will change? You know, they're talking about how we had so far three revolutions that are very significant. The first one was, of course, the agricultural revolution. That made cities possible, that made everything uh, that we have possible. Then we had the Industrial Revolution. Uh, then we had the Digital Revolution. And now they're talking about the Quantum Revolution. It's not like we let go of any revolution once we move to another one, because agriculture still going on, right? And it will go on for a long time. No need to worry. The Digital, uh, the, the Industrial Revolution, of course, it's still going on and it will continue. Machines will be here. Um, they're talking about digital revolution. You will still use Zoom and, you know, your streaming services will be on regular computer of binary, not necessarily quantum. The quantum is going to help a lot with scientific discoveries, with flights, with communication, with teleportation, hopefully. So my feeling is that it's very much related to Aquarius because Aquarius is an electromagnetic sign. So the ability to, let's say, in quantum mechanic or even nanotechnology to separate things and put them together again to deal with computing in the atom and molecule level is going to really be revolutionizing how we deal with health, how we deal with viruses, for example, how we deal with aging, uh, how we deal with uh, a lot of medicine and scientific things or, or calculation that is impossible for supercomputers to make, for example, predicting weather and so forth. So I think that that will be happening. And what they say is that unlike the other revolutions that were slowly, like a very long, uh, gradual ascent, this one will be overnight. And suddenly, bam, something really crazy happened and changed a lot of things. And we're starting to see it. And, and I think because it's related to Aquarius, when Pluto, the very slow planet, is moving to Aquarius, we said 2023, 24, that's when things are going to happen. And also 2026, Uranus is moving into Gemini, and Gemini is another air sign. So we're definitely moving towards air mode. And that, I think, in 2026, there's going to be some big push uh, in connection to artificial intelligence. I was just about to say, I'm like, you talked at one of our Den Talks, you were talking a lot about AI and how mm -hmm. you feel like that's completely what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable. Because most likely AI will be the combination of quantum mechanic and the uh, digital revolution. How do you think it fits into the humanity end of Aquarius? I think that, I know it sounds really heretical, but I think souls are going to start reincarnating into machines. I would totally do it. You know, if there is a machine that can think faster than human, than human and they have all of the uh, 
spark i mean all of the things that basically what are we we are we are mechanic we are you can say biological machine we are a machine that is uh, running on molecules and i think that what is motivating us or what is inciting us to act in certain ways definitely the genetics but i think the genetic is correlated to what we call soul i don't like talking about it too much because philosophers these days they put down the soul as a soul hypothesis and thought that they can um a this uh, disregarded as if the soul doesn't exist there's a lot of philosophers it's very common these days if you look into philosophy that they think that they have completely uh, dealt with the issue of the soul there is no soul hmm. so um, but it's a trend you know you look at the philosophy there's always trends but i think that slowly what will happen is that in order to survive in this planet you will have to probably have more and more parts of you that are machine already i mean in, in plants and stuff like that and eventually you can uh, you could possibly reincarnate into a machine it may be not all of you uh, you know like for example in kabbalah they talk about a segment of the soul that can reincarnate into a dog or to a cat to stay longer with a loved one you know for a while so um, i think it will happen also with your uh, little robot so interesting how does cryptocurrency fit into this age of aquarius it's not i mean i think it's very much related to uranus in taurus because uh, i think that first of all in the next few years you're going to see a lot of more cyber attacks and more of that because uranus is disruptive and unpredictable and it's in your and it's in uh, and it's technology and it's in taurus which is uh, what we said relates to um economy taurus is the bull the bull is finance now it makes sense that this is all happening especially the rise from 2018 onward is because of the uh, uranus being in taurus so that's going to be for a while then uranus is moving in 2026 to gemini and gemini is also a binary so i think it's a way for and again what is the big by, by sorry what is the bitcoin all about no government controls me okay that's aquarius power to the people imagine no religion no countries you know, that's precisely the idea of Aquarius, that we are all humans. And we can learn that either by being more compassionate and philosophical for a sense, in for a way, or we're going to have an alien coming, attacking our cities. Next thing you know, I don't care if you're black or if you're whatever, as long as we're fighting in the revolution against the suddenly everybody's together, the Trumpies with the lefties and everybody's trying to kick the aliens out. That's another way, like the same thing that happened in World War II when suddenly the communists were not that bad because they're fighting the Nazis. Then the Nazis dead. Oh, my God, communists, they're going to kill us, you know, McCarthy and all that. And it's still today, some people are waving the communist um, uh, card. <laughs> it's like, like, boo, communists. So someone is asking with all of this hyperdivision in our country because of this move, is that a cycle we are leaving behind? Unfortunately, no. I, you know, I thought about it a lot. It's not here in this country. It's not in this country. I talk to my friends. I mean, I go to Turkey a lot. It's 50-50 in Turkey between seculars and people that you look in Israel, even though people think that Netanyahu is so popular, he's not. He's getting usually 30% of the people. It's just that other parties are joining him. It's very split in the middle. You know, you look at England and the Brexit, it was very split in the middle. Uh, every country you go to right now, there is some split. There is some kind of uh, right in the middle. So nobody's happy, basically. 
And I think that that's part of learning unity because I had this situation happen to me in my personal life. There was a person and, and we almost kind of uh, hit it off well, but then they told me they voted for Trump. And I said, listen, I don't understand. You know, you're a scientist, you're a person that can, uh, I'm not talking about somebody who is, you know, not aware of or don't have any knowledge, but we have a big issue with our values because we have completely different values. I mean, you can be a Republican and I can love you and I can be with you. And sometimes I really agree with a lot of what Republicans are saying, but I cannot accept somebody who voted for Trump because of values issues. And then I was talking about it to my friend and she said, so you decided not to meet them? I said, I don't know if it's it's good because I'm just gonna, I, I don't know if I can go over it. And then I thought, you know, it's so much against my values, but what is my ultimate value? My ultimate value and the thing that runs me, I think if I'm gonna say anything about on my epitaph, it will be that I try to understand oneness. I try to convey oneness. And if that's the case, I cannot say to somebody no because of, no, whatever it is, I cannot say no because that's lack of oneness. So in order for our split countries, our split world now to come back to the one, maybe it's a stage because before that, maybe we're divided to four and then to three and now to two so we can get to the one. Because we always talk about how the one broke to the many and the many are going to return to the one. But for the many to return to the one, they have to go to number two. And number two is duality. And it's interesting, it's what we were talking about earlier about where truth is in the chart and how for people live in truth and how difficult that really is because it is taking you beyond what you actually think your truth is. And it's hard, right. you had to go up to be like, okay, what's my ultimate truth? It's oneness, so that I have to go beyond this. And also uh, that's why, for example, in one of the last emails, I started doing research about what kind of conservatives or people that are on the other camp, you can say, that I could read their book and listen and understand where they're coming from. So I recommended in one of the emails I sent um, a book that talks about uh, one of the reasons why he thinks the Trump phenomena happened in the Republican uh, Party is because the lack of community. That a lot of the people that vote for him lack that sense of community and they don't have that social structure that gives them the warmth. And the... so I realized, okay, it's another Aquarian thing because Aquarius is all about community and people. So they found through their Trumpiness a community, even if it's an illusionary and a lying one, it still is a community. They can talk about the same thing. Look, we have the same hat. Oh, we have the same flag. You know, that's part of it. How? So speaking of which, we 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 alluded that the uh, the day the delegates and you know the electoral college actually meets is the same day as the eclipse. What do you feel like is at play there? First of all, I think it's still dangerous. Dangerous that lies can still be spread. Uh, but because it's a new moon, which is a new beginning, I think it would be very clear at that time, day, day on movement, moving forward, that that's it, enough. Enough of the doubts and all that. If it would have been a full moon, maybe it would have been harder. But because it's a new moon, it's supposed to be for a new president, and it's Sagittarius, which is the sign of truth, I think the truth will prevail. But there are going to be a lot of pushback, like I told you. Eclipse is a lot of hidden things that can come up. So... It's going to be interesting. It's not going to be a smooth sail. You're always so fascinating. I've already kept you beyond. I want to remind people that um, on Saturday, December 12th, he will be doing 2021, the Astrology 2021, and that's him doing his own workshops. You really get into it. It's great. So go on to denanywhere.com for that. 
And January 9th, he starts a 10 week course on Kabbalah, which I know you'll talk, you can talk about it now too, if you would like, which is going to be incredible every Saturday from 1030 in the morning for an hour and a half for 10 weeks. Yeah, because basically we decided to do it very close to the beginning of the year because there's a tendency to uh, want to begin things or to do a new year resolution. And because only about what, uh, I think that 80% of uh, new resolution fail. So because the statistic is so bad, it's usually because you don't have the system to work well with it. And what we're going to do is we're going to follow, according to Kabbalah, God's recipe of how God created the universe. And because we're created in the image of God, we can follow God's footsteps to create what we want in life by every week submerging, immersing ourselves in a different sphere in the tree of life. There's 10 of them. Each one is a different archetype so that we can manifest our wishes. But along the way, we're going to talk about the Dalai Lama. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about uh, mythological characters because I like to bring a lot of art and a lot of movies and a lot of clips and a lot of songs to put it all together to make it more interesting and more um, uh, upbeat and more up upgraded in a sense. Obviously, it's not going to be super religious. I'm doing it on a Saturday. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what's always so brilliant about studying with you, period. You bring in everything. So, I mean, there's so much to learn. I so appreciate you. I so appreciate this. Thank you very much. Thank you for always sharing your brilliance with us. It's uh, You're unbelievable. And you're getting a lot of thank yous here, too. And how wonderful it was. And you are wonderful. And I appreciate it. And I can't wait for Saturday the 12th. And I'm really excited for the course. Well, thank you. Thank you for your platform, for uh, your den, and for all of your work. Because I think that you thank a lot of other people. But I think that you need to be thanked yourself. Uh, because I remember you sitting here. Here, here you can see here. Is right over there on that chair. Uh, all these years ago and you said I want to do this I want to do this and my first reaction was oh my god another one of those because I have them all over the world people are telling me I want to create a spiritual center because people want to have that place and a lot of time I have a lot of skepticism but in your case I remember we even talked about um, uh, how this is completely what your job is to do in this lifetime and I'm really happy you accomplished it and, that means uh, a lot thank you and uh, for all of you guys, December 21, it's your true holiday of light. Nobody's doing a war on Christmas. Don't worry. Um, there is no war on Christmas. Christmas is doing very well. Thank you very much for the last 1,600 years. 1,600 years, yeah. So um, I'll see you next week with the help of the good goddess. And um, have a healthy, happy holidays. And a happy Christmas. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next. I can't believe that's next Saturday already. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so crazy. Thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful night. Thank you, Gal. Thanks a lot. Paul, who's always there doing amazing things. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day.
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.